Thanks for joining us for our look at the wineries and history of the Spring Mountain Appalachian. On yet another beautiful day on Spring Mountain, I'm joined by Les Behrens and Lisa Drinkward of Behrens Family Winery. Les, Lisa, thanks so much for joining us on this beautiful day. Oh, you're welcome. Les, let's start with you. How did the two of you get together? How did the winery get started? Give us a little history. Well, we started in 1993. Uh, we had a restaurant, and I was sort of the front of the house, uh, wine, and Lisa was in the kitchen, and... Uh, I did that. I ran the, I say wine program. It was, I don't know, it was a program. Sure it was. <laughs> yeah. I bought a lot of wine and drank it and tasted it and mm-hmm. just really just became just enamored with it. And uh, just, we just started visiting wineries and collecting wine for the, for the uh, restaurant. And just, I don't know when we decided, but well, obviously sometime in 1993 just to try to make a little bit of wine on our own and which we did uh which turned out to be pretty bad Uh, (laughs) but we got the bug and so the following year 1994 uh we got a lot more serious talked to a lot of people uh invested in some good grapes yes (laughs) yeah found some good vineyards and and uh including uh areas up here uh or at least getting information from up here and and got serious about it and serious enough that it started to work out and then in 1996 so well from 1993 through 1996 we made wine in Humboldt County about five hours north uh but we were hauling grapes from Napa Valley up there to make it and so in 1997, we sold our house and our restaurant and moved to St. Helena and, and temporarily made wine in the city of Napa. And then in 98, we found this 20-acre parcel on the top of Spring Mountain, right on the county line. It was at the top and uh, started building the winery. And where was the restaurant located? The restaurant was in Arcata. Do you miss the restaurant business? That's a Lisa question. <laughs> <laughs> I miss the restaurant business for a while afterwards. Yeah. There's like, it's a great industry. It's, you know, when you have a full dining room full of happy people, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I don't miss it that much anymore. I still get to cook a lot and be involved with food, but I don't have to, you know, stand on the line every day and worry about the headaches of, you know, people not showing up for work or, it, you know, it's a it's a tough business. We mm-hmm. didn't take a vacation for the seven years that we owned the place. And uh, what we would do is just we were closed on Sundays and Mondays. So we Sunday morning, we'd drive down here to Napa, spend the night, eat dinner at Terra, pick up wine for the restaurant the next day and drive home. So we do that about once a month. Wow. So, you know, I, I mean, I would still have dreams of maybe having a little pie shop or something like that. But no, I'm done with the rest. Of it. <laughs> <laughs> and how did you find your particular property high atop Spring Mountain? Well, here's the honest answer. We are looking at property all over Napa Valley and we didn't have a lot of money. We were actually told at one time from a realtor that Napa Valley was not for people like us. And we might want to consider looking at Lake County or somewhere where things, Pope Valley, Mm -hmm. things were more affordable. Uh, And so we were looking all over and we, in our price range, we were not finding very nice pieces of property. And we needed a piece of property that we could build a winery on. 
10 acres. 10, it had to be, yeah, 10 right. acre minimum. And then we saw this, uh, I saw this in the, the premier property handout sheet that gets handed out every month, uh, you know, on the newsstands. And we saw this piece of property advertised on the, uh, on Spring Mountain, 20 acres. And we just went, okay, well, this probably isn't going to be a very good piece of property. And we drove up, drove up, went to the end of the road, because it was at the end of the road, uh, right on the county line. We got out of our cars and we went basically through a bunch of shrub. And as we got to a certain point, we looked out and we were looking down on Napa Valley. This piece of property had an amazing uh, view. And we drove down the hill, <laughs> no cell phones, and probably went to a pay phone and uh, called a realtor and said we want to buy it. It was really that simple. But it was one of the least expensive pieces of property in Napa Valley at that time. How much work did this piece of property need? Well, it had nothing on it. Nothing. It had, so it needed it everything. Just scrub. It was scrub that had no water, no electricity, uh, basically no road. It had a funky old rat infested trailer on trailer. it that somebody had lived in at one point. Wow. And a cherry tree. And yeah. cherry tree is still there. Yeah. So but other than that, it's just... <laughs> and how long did it take you to get it cleaned up to really turn it into something, to turn it into vineyards? We started, we, we did our first harvest there in 1999. So it was going pretty fast. With a generator. Yeah, with a generator. Yeah. And because we had to run power from a little ways away and the uh, we needed to run in order to get the neighbors to agree for us to run power through their property, they wanted us to put it underground, which turned out to be the best thing that could have ever happened. It was, it was, uh, it was pretty great. I mean, cause we have no power lines. We go up there. It's like, well, where's your power come from? It's well, it's underground. Uh, it, it's a work in progress. So even after all these years, yeah. it's still a work in progress. Yeah. So 20 years later, we're still working and when did you build the winery on it? We, uh, 1999. Uh -huh. So yeah, we, 99, we built the winery. Uh, I mean, it was not complete when we started our first harvest, the roof wasn't done. <laughs> and so we had, a, we had a generator that, that, you know, would, you'd be working at 11 o'clock at night and you, I'd hear all of a sudden I'd hear it start to sputter and the lights would go off and it's like, Oh man, I forgot to put gas in the generator. So yeah. There was a pit toilet. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and what are you growing on it? What are you growing now? What did you grow then? Well, we have just a small. We just have a half an acre of vines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We purchase a lot of fruit, some up here on Spring Mountain and some in other parts of Napa. And um, we just have a half an acre of vines of Cabernet Sauvignon that we, we've had our third harvest. Third harvest. This year. So we've, yeah, we've been buying our grapes forever. We buy a lot of grapes. And so, and then on... Spring Mountain, we get grapes from several locations uh, at the very top. Uh, from one of our neighbors, we were buying Cabernet from the Crowley Vineyard and then Cabernet Merlot from the miners, uh, miners Ritchie Creek. Uh, we get fruit right next to Keenan Winery uh, from the Rudd Vineyard, mm -hmm. uh, not to be confused with the Leslie Rudd. Uh, Andrew Rudd. Andrew Rudd. For years, we made uh, Petite Syrah from York Creek. We make about 5,000 cases mm -hmm. and, and again, mostly all red. We have to make a little bit of Sauvignon, but uh, we mostly 
board over idols. Well, probably about 60, 75% board over idols. And then we do a little bit of, we do petite Syrah and we do some Syrahs and some, uh, we just the last few years doing Grenache. So it's an all small lot production. We make so a lot of different wines. We make a lot of different years. wines. And you, as you talked about earlier, you came to this business after doing other things. How did you learn about making wine, about cultivating a vineyard and about selling wine? How did you gather all this knowledge? Yeah, <laughs> a lot of mistakes and, and a lot of reading and a, and a, talking to a lot, a lot of, of asking people, questions, a lot of asking people. questions. And, uh, the one thing that I was really impressed with in the wine business is how open that winemakers were to just imparting their knowledge. I just, just about everyone we ever talked to took their time to explain things. And I had nothing but questions. So when we had the restaurant, we would be we would pick up wine from different wineries all over Napa and Sonoma. And of course I was just interested in the wine. And then as we continued to pick up the wine, I would then have winemaking questions. And there were some people that just took so much time. Uh, and then we, when we moved to St. Helena, we moved next door to a woman who uh, is my, it's my mentor. Uh, really, uh, Francoise Bichon. And I have probably asked her <laughs> winemaking questions three or four times a week for 20 years. <laughs> I still ask her questions every time you see her. <laughs> I ask her questions all the time, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, what would Francoise do, kind of? And what are your plans at this point? What is the goal? Do you want to plant more? Do you want to expand? Do you want to bring in more visitors? What do you want to do? We might plan a little bit more. Uh, we have a couple more areas, but, you know, they're just small, small little parcels. Um, I think we've, as far as amount of cases that we make, I think we're really happy. We handle it right now. It's me and Les and Les' son, Sean, and his son, Ethan. So uh, in the production side, and uh, we hire a harvest intern every year, but it's just the right amount for us all to handle um, with our nice small family crew. So there's a second generation coming along. There is. There's a second yes. and a third. And, and a, a third. third. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a fourth. And a fourth. Oh, well. We just found out today. Oh, well, congratulations. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, not too many people not know yet. Not too many people know that. So. <laughs> but well, Ethan is going to be a father. And, and honestly, we, we don't have a, a desire to get any bigger. No. Because it, what we're doing now requires a lot of work. We and, like being hands-on. Yeah. We don't want to hire a bunch of people to do the work for us. And, you know, if we hired a bunch of people, it'd be like, well, what are we going to do? This, we like having our hands mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, and we, and we love it. We truly love it. We also like to have some time. We like to travel. Our kids are now all out of the house, so we like to travel. And it sounds like a sales thing, but it's not. We really spend a lot more time just trying to make better wine. Instead of trying to make more wine, we're just trying to make better wine. And it's such a learning process. And then Mother Nature is, just throws curveballs at us every year, as they, she does to everyone. And so, you know, I, expansion, I just, we're pretty happy with, you know, it takes care of us. Mm-hmm. So, so. 
And earlier in life, could you have ever imagined that you'd wind up here on Spring Mountain in the wine business? As you've talked about, you came to this later in life, unlike a lot of others up here on Spring Mountain who either spent a lifetime in the business or some of whom were born into the business. You know, no, <laughs> could never imagine. Before this all started, we were at at a restaurant and used to play lottery every week. So it's like, well, what would you do if you won the lottery? It's like, well, if I won the at this stage, we won the lottery, I would love to have a winery of my own. So we, it was, you know, we when we started the winery, we, we started under our house in Arcata where we had the restaurant. I mean, and we're not talking a big house. We're no, talking 900 square foot house. 90 square hundred, yeah. And the first year we made it a little bit. The next year we, I actually excavated under the house <laughs> with shovels and wheelbarrow and made a little more room. And then we, <laughs> and then we built sort of a, a couple more barrels semi-garage uh, winery next to the house that we built ourselves because we built everything ourselves. Um, and, but I still never imagined that we would actually move to Napa Valley and start this winery. So it's in, I, for many years, I thought uh, that someone would at some point come and tap me on the shoulder and go, okay, it's up, you're out of here. <laughs> you have to go back and get a real job. Uh, and I think if we had actually planned on doing it, it might not have happened. Mm -hmm. We would have looked at what it would have cost and the numbers and the reality of it, but we just kind of fell into it little by little and wormed our way in and got really lucky. We had great timing. I mean, this was when yeah, we could still afford to buy a house and people were still, I, when we started our winery, people were just hungry for a new project. It's like, oh, you have a new winery? I'll take a case. And it's like, we haven't even tried it yet. I don't care. But nowadays it's like, you know, it's harder to break in now. Mm -hmm. So we had um, really great timing. Is the winery open to the public? By appointment. And we have a tasting room in town mm -hmm. and we're working oh, on town. building a tasting room up at the winery now, mm -hmm. now that. And tell us where in town the tasting room is. It's um, downtown St. Helena, um, across from where Farmstead is, mm -hmm. just in a little, a little yellow house. And there's a tasting room that's open by appointment only. Private sit down 90 minute tastings done by Robin Cooper. And tell us a little bit more about that beautiful view up at the winery, the one you originally saw when it was just covered in scrub and brush. Right, well, we um, are now building a tasting room in the prime location that looks out over the view. Right now it was just our, you know, we had a garden there and we have a chicken coop, and mm -hmm. but that was always a spot that people would walk out to to look at the view. And so we're building a nice tasting room with glass doors and a porch so people can really enjoy it. And it'll be, it'll be dog friendly. It'll be dog friendly, yeah. And finally, talk a little bit about what you've learned about Spring Mountain, and more specifically about the people of Spring Mountain in all the years you've been here. I feel really lucky to have landed on Spring Mountain, and um, I feel like it's just a great group of hardworking people who love what they do. And um, it's not it's not a fancy Napa Valley place. It's just a... Um, very authentic. I think everybody's got their their own stamp of their own personality on all their projects, and uh, everybody's, for the most part, family family owned and operated. Um, I think we try hard to have little gatherings of the community when we can, but everybody's so busy doing their you know, running their businesses and their lives that. Uh, but it's a very neighborly place. When we were getting our use permit modified, um, neighbors came and supported us and. We were so grateful and 
made me realize what a how lucky we are to be right here on Spring Mountain. Yeah, it's a kind of place where it's, and I'm sure I know there are other places, but it really feels unique in the way that the community that that people are there to help, and it's a kind of place where if you're driving and your car breaks down, multiple people will pull over to help you. Like you don't have to worry about if you if you need something, especially since town is you know far away. Doesn't matter whether it's propane for your forklift. If you drive uh, your forklift off the crush pad, yeah, the neighbor would, will come over and, and pull you out. Pull you out <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Not that that's ever happened. No, but <laughs> so yeah, so it's it feels really like a community. Uh, it's it's pretty nice. It's we yeah. love it. Les Barons, Lisa Drinkward, thanks so much for sharing memories with us and telling us a little more about Barons Family Winery. You're welcome. Thank you.